I got to say that was that was by far Johnny Wilson's best day of fall camp. I forgot that play too. I mean, he had that back shoulder grab, had that catch whenever he got popped from Sydney Williams, and then had the two inter, uh, two touchdowns inside Doke today. That was by far Johnny Wilson's best day. Like I said, everything's great. We got to see it in games from him, and, and if he can kill off that kind of bad juju with him dropping the balls, man, I'm telling you, one of my favorite players, D. Lou, and I was still pretty young. This is your. You probably know, knew him real well, but that was Greg Carr. The mm-hmm. corner route, nasty, just a nasty threat that, you know, Drew Weatherford could just go to if need be whenever he wanted to. And Greg Carr was a uh, really fun to watch there. And I think you've got the, you've got definitely the red zone threat. And, you know, Florida State is going to really like having him there, but he can be a threat all over the field from what he's shown us in this fall camp. Hey guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Dose. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, aka E Dub in the house. So we're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go live, go nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear. Go nose. This is Terrell Buckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Dion Primetime Sanders. Great Dion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I, I could wake up to that greedy every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go no. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What is happening, guys? This is Lung Robinson from Here the Sphere, presented to you by NoGameDay.com. We are here on a fantastic, absolutely fantastic Tuesday evening. A little bit different. We're all over the place this week as Florida State is going to be taking on Duval tomorrow. So that's usually when we record throughout the week. So our plans right now are all over the place. But we wanted to come in here, get a good scrimmage scoop podcast up for you guys and talk some monday and tuesday practice observations before we don't talk to you at all this week so we didn't we didn't have all- anything my 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 uh suggestion to you was we pack our mics and take them to jacksonville but yeah now we got about a 10 hour heads up notice for this podcast and i need like a two-day notice at, at minimum is that for out. your makeup preparations or just, just men- mentally to come on here and and look at you for an hour and a half it really gets to me at some points it gets you well the sad thing is you see me at practice all day long so I, I, i'm and, getting too much <laughs> it, it is starting to add up 20 practices in 25 days is starting to add up but with me this evening is dustin lewis our editor-in-chief at nolgameday.com we are ready to talk a lot of scrimmage stuff here because we haven't been able to do that yet florida state Went over, tried to get into Doak and, and run their first fall camp scrimmage, but lightning in the area, and they got thrown back into the IPF. So, and actually, we'll talk some practice today where we went inside Doak, Dustin, and got to see a lot of offense for deep versus defense. A nice battle, I think, from both sides, which we'll discuss later on in the podcast. As always, you can listen to podcasts on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube. Subscribe if you want to, so then you'll be notified every time we release a new episode. There's a lot of stuff going on, so I highly suggest making sure that your alerts are on because God knows what's going to happen. There's a lot of things, a lot of things on deck for the next two weeks, 
uh, what, three weeks leading up into Florida State's first game in week zero against Duquesne. Uh, but yeah, appreciate everybody. Look forward to talking to you guys in the comments. Let's get started this evening. Florida State wrapped up their first scrimmage of fall camp on last Saturday. We got to hear from all of the coaches. Dustin, you were also in that press conference. What was your first reaction kind of outside of that? Twum, either Mike Norvell, we got to hear from Adam Fuller, Coach Atkins, um, and Coach Papp. What, what did you get from... Uh, that press conference, what really kind of singled out to you? Because there were a few names that uh, Coach Norvell talked about. Yeah, I think first and foremost, maybe for me, uh, you know, Coach Norvell talked about last week that some of the offensive linemen were out and some younger guys were getting reps. And then he mentioned earlier this week that Julian Armella was actually taking first-team reps during a Florida State scrimmage on Saturday night. So I thought that was pretty noticeable, and it just kind of shows – um, how he's been progressing over this early portion of fall camp. You're now about halfway through. And, I mean, the signs are there. We've talked about Armella multiple times on the on the podcast and our practice observations. He's continuing to get better, and, you know, he meshes with Coach Atkins well. I think that coaching style is really paying off for him uh, with how much Atkins pushes Armella and the rest of that offensive line unit as a whole. So it's been impressive to see, and, you know, I was like, I don't think any true freshman will play this season. I think all six of those guys will redshirt with the depth that you have at that position. But Armella is definitely making a case to be one of those rare true freshmen who gets involved early in his career. Yeah, I thought that was especially unique for Coach Norvell to mention Armella getting in there and getting some reps. And he's getting a lot more opportunities, and he showed up great. We'll talk a little bit more about him from the last couple of practice observations. But like you said, he's shown up. He's here ready to work. We got to actually hear from him to today and, and said, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just wanted to take advantage of that opportunity where coach Norrell let me go in there and be inside that scrimmage and, and run with the ones. And like you said, he had his ups and he also had his downs, but you're really liking a guy that wasn't an early enrollee on the offensive line, come in now into fall camp and have such a significant start to his career here at Florida state is, is really good sign there. And I've, I've been really, really impressed out of Armella, just probably of his demeanor coming in because I was expecting a little bit more of a chippier guy, more talkative. That's kind of been a whole 180 from that. He's taking things in. I think, too, you see the battles with him and Jared Verse, and he mentioned that in the press conference, saying that he does think that having some of these veterans, iron sharpens iron, and things get a little chippy at times, but he said, you know, it's all respect. Keep it on the field. When we get to the locker room, it's all love. And that on, on game days, none of that's going to be happening. So uh, that's just such a different kind of demeanor than I was really expecting Armella to come with. Uh, and it, it's really working out well. And you can see Coach Atkins really trusting this young uh, player. Going into some of the scoop that you know I was able to grab afterwards, had a nice nice chat with a source. You know, I wanted to kind of get a feel of how the quarterbacks did. Uh, you know, Tate Rodemaker, you know, Jordan Travis, obviously out there as your starter. You had A.J. Duffy, too. A.J. Duffy having one of the best throws of that scrimmage. Uh, still had an up and down day, had an interception against Sam McCall, but had one of the best throws of the evening going to Deuce Span, which we'll talk about here heavily throughout the rest of the night. A really beautiful deep ball down to down to Deuce Span. Mike Norvell mentioned that in the press conference also, but, you know, Duffy's starting to really – starting to open up a little bit and that was something where I thought he was a little hesitant to begin camp D Lou. What are your thoughts on, you know, AJ Duffy starting to get out of that hesitant 
role that he started off with, starting to take some more some more chances down the field, and he connected really well with a big-time major game with Deuce Span in this first scrimmage. Yeah, you know, we've heard from uh, Coach Tokars and Coach Norvell, and they talked about how much installation that they were doing during their early portion of camp and that it was probably the most install that they had done since they had been at Florida State. So it was just a lot, I think, for A.J. Duffy to process, uh, you know, picking up all these new schemes and different things in the offense that you're learning as a true freshman and then having to go right back out there and and apply it on the field. So there was a, there was definitely um, a learning curve, but, you know, he's there. it was up and down throughout the early portion of camp. But I think he's taken that transition pretty gracefully, and you're starting to see him become more confident um, as each day goes on and, for a true freshman signal caller who just got to campus in January, I think that's pretty much all that you can ask for at this point. So, I mean, he's been doing his part. There's still, there's still some up and down play there and that's what you're going to get from a true freshman. But I think the signs are there that, you know, Duffy, there's some early maturation that he's showing and it's going to be good for his development as things go on. Yep. I was told too. you know, Jordan Travis has done a really good job throughout this camp, but specifically in this scrimmage, able to get down the field, the running backs open up a lot of things. That's one thing you're not having to rely so heavily too on Jordan Travis as a passer when there, there's some holes open. We saw today in practice, whenever they were inside Doe Campbell Stadium, there were some big holes. I mean, that was allowing for a big time burst of explosiveness from Trey Benson. We even saw Ja'Kai Douglas back there too today in practice, taking one through the hole. And he really was able to utilize his speed. And I think that's Florida State, you know, testing the waters and see what they want to do there with Douglas. But going back to the scrimmage, you get to see, you know, Florida State really worked that run game. That's something Norvell said. He thought the whole entire running back room was fantastic during that. And it showed a little bit. We probably saw little signs of it from today. These these this running back room alongside this offensive line run game offense, offensive line play, it really is starting to kind of match together and create some good opportunities for this Florida State offense. Let's get straight to the point here. Deuce Span, an absolute big time, probably their biggest surprise to this fall camp after what we saw in the spring. He was a guy that, you know, had flashes here and there in D. Lou. And I would come on here and say a few things like, yeah, man, wait, just wait, you know, after this year, two years, like this is definitely still a project player. But the project's almost over. You know, Florida State's not going to be able to keep them <laughs> off the field. We got to see him make a couple scores today, D. Lou. And, you know, going into this scrimmage, he was one of the highlights. And Mike Norvell mentioned him too. But, D. Lou, real quick, you know, what are your thoughts on Deuce Span? Now it seems like he's going to be a pivotal factor for Florida State's offense this upcoming season. Yeah, he's been right there um, with that wide receiving core to start camp. You know, uh, Malik McLean, Ontario Wilson, Johnny Wilson. They've also been pretty consistent for Florida State, but just to see what Span has done, like you said, from uh, the spring, from spring practice to now, it's something that we have to note on whenever it happens because we did not expect him to to be at this level this quickly. And I mean, there's still some up and down. Um, we've talked about it before. This is a guy who's still learning the the position, very new to playing wide receiver, but he's also very natural. I mean, he's just so damn athletic, six foot four. Four three four four speed, um, and then he gets out there. His route running is getting better. His catching is getting better. There's still some some nuances in his game that he's gonna have to fine tune over the next couple of years. And I think that just comes with gaining that experience of playing the position. And he's gonna, I think he's just gonna continue to increase his his skill level once he gets in these actual games and is competing against other teams. It's gonna be exciting to see. But 
yeah, man, Span has a chance to be a big-time playmaker for Florida State this season in, in multiple ways. Um, I think there's a lot of creativity with how you can use him in your offense, and, and we'll see how Florida State takes advantage of it. But it's been fun to watch in camp to this point. It has been really impressive. Going to a few notes that I was able to take. Uh, after this scrimmage, Deuce had a really nice play. I was told it took it took it to the house for six. I uh, can't go into detail what the exact play was, of course, but I uh, had a really nice play and, and took it for some big yardage for, for a touchdown. He also had a really nice return. I know Coach Ravel mentioned that too. Uh, and a source told me that would have been a touchdown if it, you were going full contact, full speed, everything. I think a little bit of limited, of course, uh, not wanting to go full steam ahead, uh, not to risk anything injury-wise, but was told that would have been a touchdown if it was full force. And then, like I said, that big-time grab from A.J. Duffy deep. The ball was right on the money from Duffy. Great throw there. Uh, Minerval mentioning thinking that was one of his best throws of since arriving in Tallahassee. So Deucepan has definitely been a guy that has shocked us a little bit, you know, and just to think about how quickly he's been able to develop and get down that system, d it just makes it seem like Florida State has another really, I don't know, really big, uh, I don't know, it's kind of a dagger for some of these defenses because if you're able to utilize maybe McLean on the other side, if you're able to throw in Johnny Wilson or definitely Douglas, who we know can be an explosive factor in Florida State's game plans at games. I mean, look at Notre Dame, look at Miami game. If you throw Douglas on the other side and you're able to have Span there, blow up the top of that defense, blow mm-hmm. it wide open, that makes it a really fun game plan, you would think, for, my, uh, for Mike Norvell along with Coach Atkins. It just raises the ceiling of the offense as a whole because one thing that Florida State struggled with last year was connecting on those deep passing plays down the field, and that's been one thing that he's done consistently throughout camp. No matter who's a quarterback, whenever the the ball's going deep to do span, typically he's found a way to come down with it. And, I mean, you add that to a Ja'Kai Douglas, who we've seen make some big plays through the air. Malik McLean, who, like I said, has been really consistent, maybe Florida State's best overall wide receiver to this point and Johnny Wilson he's been catching the football more as of late that's led to some great outings so and you know you get Winston right back you're looking at a heck of a wide receiving core and they went to the transfer portal they added a bunch of talent this offseason Micah Pittman as well has been in there making some plays uh throughout throughout practices Norvell mentioned him as well on Saturday when it came to the return game and he's gonna be deadly for Florida State there I think but there's just so many pieces in that wide receiving core and Span, he's made it clear that he's got a spot in that rotation. And just to mention it again, it's it's crazy to see this because I didn't even have him on my uh, projected two-deep depth chart going into camp. And I don't think he's your number one receiver, but he's definitely going to be involved uh, much more significantly than than we were thinking a couple weeks ago. Yep. A, a, a nice shocker, a nice shocker. I think FSU fans should be excited for, for Deuce Span, a guy that former QB, um, you know, you can also utilize them in different ways in case you want to run some trick stuff. That probably is going to be your go-to guy if you're going to throw the ball. But uh, really, really nice start to camp and a good solid scrimmage. That's always a good sign. You can have some flashes and camp and do your thing, but when it comes down to a scrimmage and, and you're also keeping that consistency there, that's going to put you up in that depth chart like D. Lou just said. So we'll look forward to previewing uh, this upcoming uh, season. And Deuce Span is now going to be a big time, I think a big part uh, of that and Florida State's offensive plan. Another name I want to mention too on the defensive side was Tatum Bethune. Got some good words from him. Said, 
you know, source said this, this player was all over the place. Um, and we see it in practices a little bit, but I've always thought for Tatum, he's not big. He's not a big flashy practice guy, but when it comes down to game time and then also just being a smart guy, of knowing where he needs to be, Tatum Bethune is that. And uh, Randy Shannon talked to us today about him and said, he's a big time communicator and is going to be, He's going to play a big time factor in that regard of helping the, the D line understand where they're at, the rest of his running back room and the defense as a whole. He's going to be a big time communicator, but it seems like he had a really nice scrimmage, uh, multiple tackles for losses, and just was all over the field, field, east, west, north, south. A really nice scrimmage from Tata Bethune, the UCF transfer linebacker. Yeah, I think he plays kind of that role where where you kind of take him for granted. Um, during practice, especially being a transfer, a veteran coming in, a guy that we're expecting to play a major role for Florida State. He's just, like you said, he's not the biggest guy. He's maybe not the quickest guy, but he's consistently in the correct positions. And, I mean, you look at what he did at UCF a season ago, racking up triple-digit tackles. He's someone who finds a way to get around the football, and whether it's creating a turnover or getting on a fumble, he just always seems to make a crucial play at the right time. So really excited to see what Bethune does for Florida State this season. And, you know, as we've talked about the past couple of weeks, whenever he talked to us um, after one of the practices, he mentioned he had off-season groin surgery, and it really does appear that he's made a full comeback from that. He's moving pretty fluid out there, and I think his confidence is growing. You know, he's spent a little bit more time now in this defense after going through the spring, and that's only got to help with his acclimation in the fall. Yep. And, you know, you mentioned another player here on in the wide receiver room, Micah Pittman. Like you said, Mike Norvell said mm -hmm. really, really big time catch for Micah. And that seems like he, he's on a trend of doing that lately and watching him in practice. He will, you know, risk everything and go for that ball. Not the biggest guy, but he's he's got good size on him. And in this scrimmage, he came down with a really, really nice catch. And, you know, that's someone that you hope can continue to be a mix in that offense because, I thought he had a really good spring, a little bit slower start to this fall camp. And that and that's okay. There's a lot of names in that wide receiver room that are are, you know, being highlights from Deucepan, Johnny Wilson, like we just said, Lake McLean. So, you know, that that's fine, but you would love to see Micah Pittman a little bit more in there. And so having a having a good catch there and an impressive one in that scrimmage is great. Another name I want to mention too, who had probably the most consistent, was one of the most consistent wide receivers, an easy uh, wide receiver to rely on that the quarterbacks went to was Pokey Wilson and D Lou. I think you've been pretty high on him this fall camp. And we've both agreed that he is a quarterback or as a wide receiver that has looked good has ran routes. Good has came down with some big time catches. And, you know, I know people are really high on, you know, the newcomers and transfers. That is perfectly fine. Definitely with that start that they've had since enrolling at Florida state, but we don't need to overlook Pokey Wilson. He's going to play. He's going to play a lot for FSU this upcoming season. Mike Norvell mentioned him in the opening presser to fall camp that he said that he's keeping a close eye on Pokey Wilson. Most recently, put on ten pounds, and what I saw today in practice, that ten pounds isn't affecting him with his speed whatsoever <laughs> at all. That was a great route from Pokey. Ran one of the best routes today, being wide open, putting himself in a great position. But yeah, Pokey, don't don't, don't sleep on Pokey either. I've been pretty adamant that he would be one of the returning wide receivers for Florida State that would stay involved in the rotation, whether whether that's being a starter or, or whether that's being someone that contributes in certain situations. Either way, Wilson definitely has a role 
in the offense because he's just so consistent. I don't know if he does anything that's maybe elite at wide receiver, but he's so solid in what he brings. He doesn't drop too many passes. He runs pretty darn good routes. And as we've been seeing in practice, he's been working himself open. And I think it helps as well when when you look at him being now a six-year senior. He's played a lot of college football, and, and you put him out there. He's not going to wilt in the moment. He's led Florida State in receiving the past two years. And, I mean, I know it wasn't the best numbers, but it just shows that he can be consistent from year to year, and, and I think he will be for Florida State. He raises he keeps he keeps the floor at a pretty manageable level in the wide receiver room for FSU. I want to mention one name here, and this is a, uh, this is a young and going from a vet to a young and, but on the offensive side, what about Rodney Hill? Do mm-hmm. you, you were close with him throughout his recruitment, great kid, but damn, almost twenty five pounds on man. I mean, hello, and you could can you tell from you know tour of duty seeing Rodney Hill there thin, you know, okay, got, got some work to do, but then what in the world happened last two and a half months? Bam. I mean, putting on 23 pounds, just like that. And you can tell it too. You can tell it. It's more of his, uh, the lower base of his body, but he's kept his explosiveness. And to be honest, we didn't get to really see a lot of his explosiveness now until this fall camp. And you're like, we've looked at each other up there and Dick Howes are looking at practice. Like, who's that? <laughs> who's that guy down there? is just blowing through uh, the linebackers and getting to that third level. Rodney Hill is going to be, a, I think, a really good football player for Florida State. We haven't get to, we haven't gotten to see much, D'Lu, but the signs are there. He's a, He's got the work ethic, and usually when you got that work ethic, just like we've seen from Julian Armella, the future's bright. I wouldn't call him thin when he came in. He came in at a pretty good size, and I was actually impressed with where his frame was at. I was 170, like, wow. 177. But- but he had a he had a pretty solid amount of muscle on his frame, and it's just increased even more so. And he hasn't lost a step of speed. I mean, heck, he might even be faster now. And um, it's another thing, like some of these other true freshmen, the confidence from Rodney as he's learned more of the uh, the playbook, and especially being here since January for him, so he's had some time to get used to the college life at this point. That's that process has helped him to get to where he is today, which is you see him out there in fall camp now. Um, he gets an inch of space and he's gone. I mean, Rodney has hit a couple huge runs during fall camp and he can also contribute as a receiver. Um, he's really been coming along at a nice level for Florida State. And if they didn't have such a stacked backfield, you know, if Treshawn Ward, what we've seen, the emerging Trey Benson from the spring, Lawrence Toa Philly, um, you know, he would definitely potentially maybe even be a starter. He, he's been damn good in fall camp and He's going to find a role in the running back room in the back half of the rotation. But like you said, Logan, the future is bright in that running back room. And Rodney Hill is is going to be really good for Florida State. Yeah. Everything just can't be positive and, you know, happy and all, all you know, hula hula. But Adam Fuller told us straight up and didn't seem too happy about it. A lot of missed tackles in the scrimmage and, Dustin, I think you and I are on the same page here. This is really the first time that they're going full force, full contact. Yes, you're having some thuds in practice here and there. Yes, you have team drills. Yes, but they're not going full force in a tackling. I'm not too much of a concern of this right now, but it's definitely something that you want to see fixed going into the second scrimmage, which we'll kind of preview here at the end of this show. 
that that's got to be fixed. And Adam Fuller made that very, very clear right off the bat in the press conference at what 10 o'clock after, <laughs> after the scrimmage. Also, that should be against the law on a Saturday. <laughs> they went a press conference at 10 o'clock, but it is what it is. It comes with the job, but uh, missed tackles. You got to fix it. Uh, and Florida state, I thought did a better job last year than they did previously. I don't think it's much of a concern. Maybe something to question if it happens uh, two weeks in a row after this upcoming Saturday, but Fuller, not so happy with how the tackling uh, was going on Saturday night. I try not to take too much away with it, away from it, with how many veterans and um, how much experience you have coming back on the defense for Florida State. But as you mentioned, it is something I want to see cleaned up this next Saturday. So I'm interested to hear what Fuller says um, after the next scrimmage. Definitely, definitely want to get that cleaned up, though. Mm, yeah. It's not it's not good whenever he says that tackling was an issue, I think, twice in the same sentence. <laughs> kind of <laughs> yeah. maybe puts it in perspective. Yeah, he sent a message out there. Randy Shannon too talked about it today, saying he felt like the last two days he's like the like the answers that the linebacker room has, has put, but uh, it's not gonna matter until Saturday, practically. He was telling us just to kind of translate what he's saying from coaches speak. He wants to see it on Saturday, doesn't really don't really give a damn what's going on in practice until what's going on in the scrimmage. And that's the closest you're going to get until you mm -hmm. get to game week. And, and I, zero. Can, I can understand it because we watch these practices and typically they're trying not to have these guys hit the ground. They want to limit unnecessary injuries during practice. So you get out there in Doe Camel Stadium in a live situation after you've been told so many times, hey, just hold them up. Don't take them to the ground. You know, maybe that messes with your head. A little bit so it'll be interesting to see how that mindset shifts uh over the next couple of days what four more days three more days so they get back in doke hopefully yep. hopefully weather, weather permitting yeah come on man and that storm earlier this afternoon good god i don't know what's going on here in tallahassee but that was like a little like lightning storm that was not just a thunderstorm that was like just pure lightning they need to turn the magnet lab back on whatever's going on some it was doing a good job of keeping the weather away for most of the summer and Bring Man, it last, back. Last couple of weeks. Dude, they need to do their job over there. They need to get 1% better over there. The weather scared my dog. I mean, come on. Help me out. <laughs> but, yeah, we are going to go into a few of these practice observations, and we are going to get into some recruiting. That's going to wrap up majority there of that first scrimmage. Uh, you know, just a few notes here, too. A lot, a lot of likeness from the staff from what I was told on Omar Graham Jr., not only just from his play, but on an academic part and just how smart he is told is one of the smartest guys on the team uh, and we've seen a little bit in camp here and there do some have some nice plays but just to see him get some love after a first scrimmage as a true freshman I definitely wanted to bring that up because Omar Graham is going to be I mean he's your only linebacker in that class you got to see a guy step up and they're relying a lot on a smart player um, with Omar Graham Jr. so I just wanted to mention him I don't know if you have any words on, on Omar I know you watch him quite a bit during You've watched him quite a bit during camp, D. Lou. Well, I was just going to say, look who you're mentioning, another true freshman. <laughs> uh, this this Tribe 22 class, you can tell they're coming in on a mission. Uh, they're coming in to, to take some people's jobs and, and do what they can to turn around what we've seen from Florida State over the past couple of years. And it's one thing to say it, which we heard it during the newcomer interviews. They all talked about how they want to help turn around Florida State and how they want to make this impact. But then you get out onto the field in fall camp, and now you're actually seeing it from some of these guys. And you haven't even mentioned uh, Azari Thomas, who has been maybe the best true freshman to this point. 
in camp. So, so many new faces. Maybe they're not all going to make an impact. They're not all going to play major roles for Florida State in 2022. But as time goes on, the the depth of this roster is going to continue to grow, and those guys are going to play big roles. Yeah, they are. I'm, we'll talk some uh, as right here in just a few while we go through the Monday and Tuesday practice observation. Let's get started in some of this because this, like Mike Norvell said yesterday after practice, this is a big time, big time pivotal week for Florida State as they try to navigate and figure out who fits where best on this depth chart because this is going to be your last scrimmage. There will not be a third scrimmage. You know, Florida State's not going to run one a week before you get game prep for Duquesne. So this is going to be your final scrimmage of fall camp it's crazy that we're already halfway there it is it is flying flying by so this week is really big for a lot of these guys more of of your bets your your potential starters here but like you said we're going to talk a lot of newcomers that i think are going to play this upcoming season we've talked about deuce band quite a bit i mean this guy has been a problem for florida state's defense and like i said i I love iron sharpens iron this is going to be great for a lot of and i'll be honest this is a great conversation this is Florida State has had some big time struggle with some wide receivers that they face where it's just blown up and they've they've taken them to the house of being wide open and that's something Deuce Span has to be honest has, has been able to do that a, a good bit throughout fall camp and that's made these defensive backs get better. Um, you know, Deuce Span has been great. You got Johnny Wilson too, who I thought had one of his, if not the best day today, Lou. That was really impressive mm-hmm. to watch him inside Doe Campbell Stadium and. I'm very high on him. I'm still am from the spring. I, I know I talked a lot about him on here a ton. I had a lot of praise for him. Everything's really good. Like you, you love what you're seeing in these practices. He's coming down with balls. He, I mean, today I think is one of his most impressive catches was just going on in one-on-ones there. And the ball was on his back shoulder and had to turn and catch it and bring it in uh, and have two and have a foot down before going out of bounds. But then later on in practice, we go inside to Campbell stadium and the, and the red zone there, he comes away with two touchdowns, one over the head of a, a, of a defensive back and one sliding down, able to grab it. Now really doing a good job of getting down there and utilizing his length to go and grab the ball. Everything's great so far. It's great. (laughs) It's got to translate onto, I want to say by bound and field and the rest of the other stadiums and your opponents. But, I want to see it after a game time because it's obviously showing in practices in Doak. We got to see in game time, D. Lou. Um, and, and if it happens in game time, uh, I, I, I don't know. It could get scary. I'm telling you, man, I, I like Wilson so far. What are, your, what are your thoughts on the last two days from him? What can't you like about the last two days? You know, when he's consistently catching the football, utilizing that six-foot frame to box out defensive backs. I mean, there's really no one on Florida State's roster, maybe no one on Florida State's schedule that can get up as high as Deuce Span when he's up there at the highest level, high point of football in the end zone. I mean, that's a true red zone goal line threat right there. Throw fades up for days, and if his hands are on that day, then it's going to be a nice little play. Um, I'll admit I was a little worried the first couple practices because he was still having some of those drop issues that we saw in the spring. And it, I mean, it gets frustrating at some points, but I think over the last four or five practices or so, he's gotten himself into a nice little rhythm. Um, and I think when it comes to catching the football, doing the simple things like that, it's a confidence thing. And now that he's catching it again, it's not going through his head like, Hey man, I've got to catch this football or it's going to look bad for me. He's just going out there, 
playing his game, executing, and he's looking really good. And I'm, I'm glad you mentioned, you know, he had had that slower start to fall camp. And I was like, oh, no, no. Yeah, <laughs> it's not still coming. Yeah, it's a, oh, no, it's coming from the spring game like we saw with those with the drops. But one thing, too, I want to mention, you know, being able to stay healthy, too, because that is a bigger guy. And I try to, you know, understand about how the size of him and going up for these balls and coming down with them. It's not the easiest. And sometimes, I mean, he got popped. Is that, that was him who got popped today, that, right? That was him. That was him. That, yeah, Sydney. Sydney Williams got it. Gave him a nice little pop, too. And he caught the ball. He had a, he had a lot of good plays. There. I got to say that was that was by far Johnny Wilson's best day of fall camp. I forgot that play too. I mean, he had that back shoulder grab, had that catch whenever he got popped from Sydney Williams, and then had the two uh, two touchdowns inside Doke today. That was by far Johnny Wilson's best day. Like I said, everything's great. We got to see it in games from him, and, and if he can kill off that kind of bad juju with him dropping the balls, man, I'm telling you, one of my favorite players, D. Lou, and I was still pretty young. This is your you probably know, knew him real well, but that was Greg Carr. The mm -hmm. corner route, nasty, just a nasty threat that, you know, Drew Weatherford could just go to if need be whenever he wanted to. And Greg Carr was a uh, really fun to watch there. And I think you've got the, you've got definitely the red zone threat. And, you know, Florida State is going to really like having him there, but he can be a threat all over the field from what he's shown us in this fall camp. We can't give away every single thing. Don't want the FSU SIDs after us, but he can be a threat in a lot of different uh, schemes for Florida State. And, you know, you add that to, like we said, you've got a deuce fan on the outside, or you've got your Malik McLean, your most consistent receiver, or Pokey Wilson. That's really, really nice. A guy from Arizona State. Um, and Florida State just evaluates well. And, and, you know, we're now practice 11 now wrapped up. There's a lot of hype. There's always optimism. And you see the practices and you hear the, you know, we hear some of the program. Some of the people will come up to you and say, does this team look different to you? Because it looks different to us. And we're like, yeah, this looks different. But when you can add in a lot of these transfers at Florida state did a really good job at evaluating. That makes you feel a lot better about when we do these season predictions, uh, what in a week from now, having a guy like Johnny Wilson might add you another win on that, on that docket. Cause he's a game changer. I agree. And you just look at the size of that Florida state wide receiving core and some of the guys that are contribute Johnny Wilson, six, seven, obviously. And we've talked about span working his way in there at six, four. Then you've got McLean coming in. At six foot four as well. So <clears throat> some legitimate size for Florida State to work with on the outside, as well as with the speed of guys like Ja'Kai Douglas, Ontario Wilson, Micah Pittman, guys like that. So a, a nice mix, I think, of skill sets and different guys that you can utilize um, as far as the wide receivers. And they've done a good job when it comes to competing. You know, those guys are competing for starting jobs and they know it. And I really do think between six, seven, maybe even eight guys could be viable to to play for FSU at the position. Now, Dilu, I'm going to go to you. I'm going to go to you. Who in the last two days has maybe stood out to you um, in these last two practices from Monday and Tuesday now? I know we got a few names in the docket, but who has really kind of caught your eye since starting the next week for, for Florida State in this fall camp? We've talked a little bit of offense, so we'll, let's go over to defense. And first off, I would say defensive end, Patrick Payton probably had the best practice so far um, of his of fall camp on Monday morning. Just 
multiple sacks, getting into the backfield at will, tackles for loss, reading plays and not getting caught up in, in motion and, and different trickery from the offense. I mean, he's he's been outstanding for the majority of fall camp. But yesterday in particular, I thought he really stood out compared to the rest of that defensive line. And it says a lot when you look at the guys that he's competing with out there for snaps. His growth over the last year has been tremendous. And, I mean, he's right there in a position to start for Florida State. But regardless if he does get that top role or not, going to be heavily involved in that defensive end rotation. And then I want to stick with someone who I didn't have on my radar at all coming into fall camp, and that's converted defensive back and now linebacker Brendan Gant. Um, you know, this is one I wasn't really expecting, and I forget who said it the other day. I guess Gant's put on – maybe it was Norvell. Gant has put on about 15 pounds or so since moving to linebacker. It just seems like he's confident throughout fall camp. He got a chance to kind of transition to the position during spring, and now you get him into fall camp, he's hit the ground running. Um, making some plays during goal line drills, goal line stops, getting to the backfield, making sacks, tackles for loss. He's been pretty <clears throat> been pretty consistent for FSU at that line, linebacker position, and it wouldn't surprise me if he somehow works his way into the rotation. It's not something I would have said a couple weeks ago, but I've been pretty impressed with Brendan Grant, and credit to him for taking that position change in stride and saying, all right, well, if I can't contribute to Florida State at safety, I'll do whatever I can to help out at linebacker. And it's really been nice. Yeah, dude, I, I've been really high on Pat Payton since the spring. I really have. And he made those strides and developments. He had uh, fumble recovery today, but would have recorded multiple sacks. Uh, he gets back there quick. And He's put on the size, yeah, but he's not as trizzled. He's not as he's not going to look like the Greek god of like Jared Verse <laughs> looks like and all that. But he's still working into his body, which I really like. And you know, you had Krishan Fuller go. He's over there, Maryland. Wish him the best of luck. I think Florida State just has some really high expectations and wanted to get Pat Payne a lot involved this upcoming season, and you can see why. And I, I really liked how Pat Payne's played. Uh, you know, I just want to mention too, I thought Dennis Briggs got to be up close with him to start off this week of camp. And he's really, he looks friggin' good. I mean, <laughs> D Lou, I was, I was kind of giving him a hard time during the spring, but he was also limited. So I couldn't be too harsh on him, but I just didn't think that he was in the right shape to be a true defensive end. He, maybe he was listening. Maybe he was, but uh, you know, what a, what a way to arrive to fall camp, look good. And he's not, not a big practice flash guy, but when it comes into game times, like we've seen before D Lou, whenever Florida state was able to grab him back from that COVID year, you know, he was at, when he was opting out, taking care of family, he comes in great shape and actually plays a lot of damn snaps. Mm -hmm. This is how Dennis Briggs showed up to fall camp. He looks great. I just want to say his size looked really good. Nothing too crazy flashy-wise so far, maybe. I mean, he's had a few, but not really this week. I just want to say, you know, and up close and personal, he's really, really looks the part as a really nice-sized defensive end. And I think that's one thing Florida State wants. They want a defensive end who's more of a bigger guy who they can get involved down at the goal line whenever they need to go into – jumbo packages and, and things like that on the defensive line. So Briggs is someone that you can use in multiple ways, short yardage situations. He's going to be one of your guys that's probably more effective stopping the run, but then he also has the ability to get after 
the passer as well. So I think he presents a little bit of a mismatch with his size, and then you have that twitchiness as well, especially with a guy who came into Florida State as a defensive end and then moved inside. Now he's back outside. So, yeah, Briggs, maybe a little bit of a quiet start to fall camp, but that's nothing to worry about. He, he, had, he has had some good days, and I've said it on the podcast last week, sometimes you just take for granted what some of these veteran players do and some of the guys you don't expect to make plays, that's what really pops out to you and stands out. You know what I think of right here, D'Lou, is Kalen DeLoach last year. We didn't, we weren't hearing much of him during fall camp. We didn't hear much about him in the spring. No, nobody really was. And then a guy that's been around the program for a little while, you know, goes and has a really, really nice football season that was a surprise to a lot of us. And you could see Dennis Briggs kind of take this role here. Not everybody is going to flash and camp. You know, not everybody is, but there's a few that will, and you can see it progress to see them develop into being a, a contributor this upcoming season. But we know what you're kind of going to get with Briggs, but I just really like the way he's shown up in size wise. It's gonna it's gonna play better for him this upcoming season. The way that he's been able to trim up, um, that's a that's a good size defensive end. Nick right here is asking in the comments about Jared Verse. Nick's saying I'm hearing a lot of good things about the team, but less than expected about Jared. Verse, what's the way to early prognosis on him? I'll let you go. Ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, if you, if you've, well, Nick, you've been around this podcast, so you kind of know that we talk about Jared Verse a lot. I definitely talk about Jared Verse a lot. I talked a lot about him in the spring, saying, you know, you lose Jermaine Johnson, you lose Keir Thomas. I've loved the way that uh, Jared Verse is coming here. He's not going to be Jermaine. He's not going to be Jermaine Johnson. No. But I just love the way that he affects these practices, man. It's one of the best things coming into practice in the morning. Kind of wakes us up a little bit. I'll be honest with you. The coffee sometimes doesn't do enough. But when Jared Verse is coming in, talking trash, well, sometimes he's just being loud while he's around the defense. But usually he's talking trash while the running backs run by him. Or if Coach Atkins is right next to him, he's telling him he's getting there. I believe we, yeah, we walked into Doug today. And who was talking to uh, Coach David Johnson? Jared Verse said that he's going to go back and grab a, a tackle for Lassie's and tear up the offense. And Jared Verse today, he did did it. <laughs> uh, did it. He did it. He absolutely did it. Jared Verse has had a great fall camp. It's kind of gets to the point where we just keep on talking about him and it just kind of is repetitive. So maybe that's why we don't bring it up as much. But Florida State fans, if I mean, he's going to be he's my top guy going into the season. I mean, he's my top guy. If you're an FSU fan as a newcomer, you should be excited about number five on defense and the thing is you've got him for a little bit longer I don't, he's not going to be here for a long time but you've got him longer than what you had with Jermaine Johnson Dealey but he just sets that tone and that's something I think Florida State has missed in a long while and he and he keeps it respectful you know there's a guy there's guys you know we've, we've heard stories of Timmy Journey and we've heard of Talvin Smith these guys can be chippy at times and things get heated but it kind of has happened a little bit in fall camp but like Armella said and Jared Versa said everything We'll keep it on the field. It's all respectful. And when they get to the locker room, it's all over with. And, and the focus is not to get any flags and games. And Jared Verse is going to bring a tone that I think every FSU fan is going to be excited for this upcoming season. Just wait until he gets his first game in Doak, which is not too far away. He is excited to be in here. And he does hit a different level. He hits another gear. I mean, we saw it in Doak today. And I saw it in the spring, too, when he was all over to Sean Ward he just kind of hits a different gear, and week zero is going to be fun for number five on defense. It really does feel like he's the spark plug of that defense now. Um, 
we saw it in the spring as things kind of went on. And I feel like verse has taken it to a new level this fall. Like you said, whether it's talking trash before practices, getting in offensive linemen's faces during, uh, during practices, during the, during the action, but maybe even more impressively when he's not talking trash, he's going over to these younger defensive linemen. He's helping get them in the right spots. He's talking to them, asking them what they saw on this play, why they did this. So it really shows the leadership role that Jared Verse has taken since he's got to Florida State. And, I mean, I feel like we've said it so many times, but it's just very impressive for a guy who transferred up from an FCS program to come into, F- come into FSU, not only acclimate this quickly where it looks like he's going to play a, a pretty heavy role on that defense and, and on the team's success this year in 2022, but also to be such a leader and already to be a guy that some of these younger players are looking up to. Very impressive for Jared Verse on the field and maybe more to me off the field. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up that leadership standpoint because for a guy that's arrived like that and to already have that brotherhood with his teammates, he talked about it today with a a post-practice interview with Jeff Kalane, Florida State's new radio head man. You know, he said that it didn't take long for them to really build a bond with one another. And yeah, he does have that alpha mentality. You know, I, and I'll be honest with you, I didn't see Fabian Love, at least during game week practices last year, because we weren't, we weren't credentialed for fall camp yet. But I never saw Fabian Love the way that he was so energetic like he was today, D. I mean, he was jumping up on the, like jumping on the ground. I mean, he's going crazy. He's got his <laughs> arms up in the air and it's all feeding off of Jared versus Tom because Jared is flying right at him to celebrate. And they're both talking to one another, hyping each other up. And I did not see that from Fabian Love. Fabian's more of a more uh, content guy. I would say he'll make his flashes like after a play and whatnot, but you know, seeing Fabian Love be there on the sideline right next to Jared verse, talking with one another, just, you know, hyping one another up, you know, it's really, and that's exactly what I thought it would. Jared verse sets the tone and he's going to set the tone for that defense, in my opinion. And that's something that has been kind of, I wouldn't say like lacking, but it's going to be a nice added addition to this defense where you're expecting this defense to maybe be stronger and help this team this upcoming season, um, help that offense. But I've, I could talk about, I could talk about Jared enough. Like we just did. We just went on a five minute spiel on him, but um, definitely excited. There's a question here too. I don't want to get too far into this until we see a game Mendoza, but asking here could burst be more DeMarcus Walker than Jermaine. Um, I think he's still more in that Jermaine aspect. I'd go more, at least from a size wise D walk is more of kind of a Dennis Briggs body type, but until we get to a game, we're not going to really tell. Who Jared versus? I think Jared versus is going to be Jared verse. I think this is going to be a different kind of def- <laughs> defensive end, in my opinion, that we haven't seen in a while. I, I just, I still need a game, Dilu. I just need one game. I know we're getting, we're getting close. Where we eighteen days? We're, we're getting close. I just need a game first. I, I, that's how it is at this point. You know, we've seen it in practice. We saw it in, we saw it in the spring, not just from Jared verse, but from a lot of these guys who haven't played a game yet at Florida State or. You know, who a younger guy who's been in the program who's now making flashes like Patrick Payton. It's nice to see it in spring practice. It's nice to see it in fall camp. But, you know, we're, we're hyping it up. Eventually, we've got to see it translate to Saturday. And I think, you know, now with nine more practices until we get to a game week, that's kind of where we're at the point. We're like, all right, this guy, this guy, they can do what they need to do in practice to stand out. But is it going to translate in 
I don't even know how many days it is. Is it going to translate in 18 days or whatever when Florida State hits the field against Duquesne for that week zero matchup? I want to mention real quick a guy that I just like. He's Ever since his press conference, once he arrived in Tallahassee as a newcomer, Bishop Thomas, Florida State's defensive tackle, freshman, he had a really good day today, and I've asked a few of the veteran defensive linemen about him. You know, so Bishop today looked really good inside Doke, and I see the – I don't know what's going on. I got to watch more Bishop because at some points I'm like, why is 90 continuing to get back there into the backfield? And he's causing multiple tackle for losses. He had two, I think, back-to-back inside Doke today, d Lou. I, yeah. I, I'm excited for Bishop. He's not going to play a big time factor this upcoming season. No, but I would like to see him get some burn if there needs be, if they, if he, if they can, if he can be thrown out in week zero, I want to see him in a real true game because I don't know what's going on in practices, but he's got a really nice rush to him. He's, he's strong and he's not the biggest guy in that room. No, he's not. He's not the tallest. You know, Daniel Lyons has got bigger size on him, but he's just kind of got that just bowling ball. I'm coming right, right to you. It's kind of, I guess you'd say like a true Thompson, but just someone that, I just have that more athletic ability to get right in you. And he's been really impressed. I wouldn't say like really impressed, but he's had a lot of flashes through fall, fall uh, camp. And, you know, I asked Fabian Lovett and Jared Jackson, I asked Fabian last week, you know, what are your thoughts on, on Bishop? And he said, he laughed because I think Bishop is definitely one of those characters that is very likable and likes to joke around. And he's a guy that has to be coached hard at times. And And he said, those guys got a really high ceiling. Jared Jackson said, there's a lot to like, like these are going to be some big time players in a couple of years. Talking about Daniel Lyons, Iobami Tafase and Bishop Thomas. I, I, I like Thomas, man. And maybe I just like it. Cause also he's got that personality, but uh, I would like to see him get some burn this upcoming season. So keep the red shirt. Yes. But um, you know, get, give him a little bit of burn. I really liked his performance today. Specifically. That was his best day. I like how you said bowling ball because he's just a really, he's really stocky. And as you said, not really a tall guy. And I think that's what helps him get under these big offensive linemen. He's getting under their their pad level, driving them back and, and using that to get into the backfield. It's been impressive. Getting I got a sack today, a tackle for loss. And there was another play where he didn't even end up making the play, but he caused it because of his pressure. Um, it was either on the guard or the center, but drove them straight back pushed the running back into the offensive line, created some room for Daniel Lyons to come in and get a tackle for loss. So impacting plays when he's not even the one making a tackle, that that says a lot for a true freshman. I mean, man, just that interior defensive line from top to bottom, we know what Robert Cooper, Fabian Lovett, Jared Jackson, Malcolm Ray can do, but you know, you're seeing it now with Bishop Thomas and you look at Joshua Farmer with what he's done as of late. Yep. We mentioned Daniel Lyons. Tafasi looks insane. <laughs> I mean, he's going to be a freak for, for Florida State once he gets it all down on the field. Um, 2022 is going to look very good for that interior defensive line. But then you think ahead to 2023, 2024, 2025. Bodies, talent is there. I will, real quick, I want to talk Farmer, and then I want to talk Odell Hagens here. But we, I will, we got to mention Farmer. He had a really good day yeah. on Monday, D'Lo. He had a really good day, I and mean, also had a few plays today, but really specifically dominated on Monday. And he's Odell's going to give him a lot of burn. He had a, actually today. He got a really got a lot of love from Odell Hagens after a rep, and I was like, oh dang, you know, Odell Hagens is definitely a hard coach if, if you're 
coming to Florida State, you're going to get Coach Sharp. You know, we've had multiple guys come on the podcast before as guests and tell us, you know, that Odell Higgins is is going to coach you very, very hard for those first two years. And after that, you know, you're going to rely on what you learn in those two years because it's on to the next two to, to <laughs> take care of. But Joshua Farmer's had a really good fall camp, D. Lou. And Monday, Tuesday, he, he's just kind of fit. He's understood how to take care of that weight and that he added on. And I knew it would probably take a little while for him to get used to that. But he's acclimated well. And he is absolutely strong as hell, man. Um, he comes right through you sometimes. And you're like, God dang, 44. Uh, really, really impressive from him. I, I'm excited for Farmer this upcoming season. D. Lou, I can't lie. You said it perfectly. <clears throat> Not someone who's going to be a starter for Florida State this year, but definitely going to be involved in that rotation, you know, along with those other top four guys that we mentioned on that interior defensive line. And he's just figured out how to play now with that 300-pound frame. Looked a little clunky at times early on, but he's he's just figured it out. And for his size, he's still so athletic and just so physical as well. Um, sometimes Odell has to get on him to – tone it down a little bit but i think you would rather be like hey chill out then come on man i need you to turn it up yeah 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 exactly. you'd rather have to put out a fire than light one yeah now there's been a few guys definitely today who have to do some extra stuff on the sidelines if they're maybe popping a little too hard but it's that part of camp where you've had these many now and it's gonna definitely get a little bit more heated now because we're heading this last week and a half of camp and they're tired of hitting one another. They're, they're ready to hit somebody else in the uniform. And, you know, Lovett talked about it, too, in a press conference. He said that it's very competitive between them and the offensive line right now. But he said that we're making sure that we're playing safe. And we know that we've got to also make sure that they stay healthy. We, 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 can, be, we can be as competitive as all get out. But we also got to make sure that our guys on the other side are staying, are staying healthy. So then when we go on Doke on Saturdays, We've got a healthy squad going in there, and I thought that was a really, uh, really smart quote from Fabian uh, last week, and that just shows his veteran. You know, he's got the smarts. He's making sure his guys are are all right. Uh, there's a question here from our guy Tom here on Facebook asking, "Do you think the offense is starting to make more plays on the defense?" So specifically, at least from today. You know, this was an offense versus defense. I thought this was a great practice, in my opinion, because you saw flashes from the offense, able to find some success down the field, definitely in the run game today. I mean, the offensive line did a really good job of open up, opening up some holes, and it seemed like it did really well in the scrimmage, too. But then later on in the practice, the defense held its own. They did a lot of third down uh, periods today, and I believe, you know, defense, you know, almost shut that whole series out there, making some plays. Uh, I still think this is you know, still heavy uh, defensive team going into the season, but you see the strides that the offense is taking. I got to say, I, I was expecting this defense to be even more of a dominant side of the ball this fall camp, but it hasn't really been that way because the offense has been able to take take some jabs at him. And then definitely it's really specific whenever Jordan Travis is back there, he is reading really well and he's able to make some throws that are really nice and definitely in the red zone. So it's a little bit different when you take out your QB one, but you're definitely seeing some plays being made D Lou. It's exactly how you want it to go. It's been back and forth. I would definitely say that the defense has the overall edge. And, you know, last week we saw, we saw some of those issues, 
um, on the offense. Whenever Norbell mentioned, you know, there were some guys out, so some young offensive linemen had to get forced into action. And, you know, it was a little bit testy last week, but I think the offense responded in a big way on Monday and Tuesday where they haven't had near as many issues on the offensive line where where it's bad snaps or allowing pressure or, you know, a free uh, giving up a free rusher, things like that. I've been – a lot more pleased with the offensive line's performance these last two days. We'll see how it goes on Wednesday morning, but I would give the overall edge to the defense and Tuesday. There was definitely some times where the offense Tate Rodemaker, AJ Duffy connected deep and one-on-ones and seven on seven, but then you had the defense come back and get a couple interceptions, get, make some other big time deflections where you see the athleticism of some of these defensive backs. You're like, all right, well, this guy's about to catch the ball. And then Kevin Knowles or Marion Cooper, Jamie Robinson, they're closing at the last second to make a, an athletic pass, pass breakup, a, a really heck of a defensive play. So it's still back and forth. And that's what you want. You don't want one side just completely dominating the other. So I think that's a good sign overall for Florida state. It is. We got to see a first look today too. Uh, Jack, uh, Jacksonville State <clears throat> defensive back transfer, Malik Feaster. Got to see him in action for the first time. Still was in shorts, but got to see him out there. He's going to wear number 16 for FSU. He's definitely got a big time. He's got a nice frame up top. Um, you know, we're not going to see a whole lot, but it was just a good to see him uh, start to uh, get in there and start uh, going through some of the drills today. They'll continue to evaluate him and develop him and getting there before throwing them into to some of the team drills. But at least we got to see Malik Feaster in action after he was visiting most of the practices. And now it seems like act- academically cleared, things are good to go. So Feaster is now going to be added into that defensive back rotation, which seems like I feel like all throughout the season is going to be a competitive battle no matter what. I don't think, you know, a lot of things – or we're going to find some answers during this season. Uh, I got to say, because, you know, you got a guy like Jerry Jones, who's one now that he's fully healthy has really been consistent. And I know we haven't mentioned him a lot on this podcast and didn't really preview him a lot in this and our projections. I don't think he's still in that, in that first deep right now, but he has been really nice. And Jones, like I said, when he's healthy, he looks really good. He talked to us last week about it too, and felt like, you know, he understood the criticism that he would get with the inconsistencies here and there. But he's now that he said that he's fully healthy, he feels like he's in the best groove he's been since arriving at Florida State. And if you think about it, he really has, since arriving at FSU, has had problems everywhere with injury luck. And, you know, it's, it's, it's nice to see him at a full go right now. And he's being a really nice, consistent factor there in that defensive back room. Yeah, Jones is a guy who's consistently showed up from day to day for Florida State and Travis J as well, I thought has had some pretty good moments for FSU during this fall camp. Greedy Vance, a little quiet maybe, but maybe that's a good thing when you think about a defensive back. Not a lot going on there, so his man's not getting open and, and he's not having to do um, a ton. So there's some guys to like in that defensive backfield. It's going to be interesting to see how the rotation works out, especially you know you're getting Feaster in here pretty late with that transfer from Jacksonville state, not likely that he fights his way into the starting lineup, but probably somewhere in that rotation battling with, with Jones, Renardo green, Travis J for, for snap. So we'll just have to see how it works out. There's a lot to like with what FSU has at cornerback 
obviously with Kevin Knowles, Cooper, and we've seen the resurgence from Renardo Green. So there's some pieces there. It'll be interesting to see how Woodson kind of figures it all out. Well, Woodson and Coach Fuller. <laughs> We're now in the middle of the show here. If you guys wouldn't mind while you're watching, hit that like button if you're on YouTube or Facebook. Definitely if you're on YouTube, would definitely it would help a lot because it will be sent over to a lot more of the Florida State fans. And as we get prepared for the season ahead, we're trying to get as many people in here so we can bring in some good comments and, and answer some of your questions or topics that you're bringing inside the chat. So if you hit the like button, we got about 150 on YouTube right now. So smack that like button would be much like really appreciate it a ton. Um, <laughs> let's get let's get let's go through the rest of this real quick. Uh, like we said, Florida State did team drills on side Doke. Today, Johnny Wilson being a big-time factor there, along with Deuce Span, running backs opening things up everywhere. We've got nine more practices, D. Lou. What do you think is next to find some of these answers? Because I feel like we, we keep on talking about the optimistic things, the great things, and that's kind of how it goes in fall camp. Definitely when you're facing the same team, you're inside doing your own drills, and you're facing the same person over and over again. But, you know, what, what do you think is going to be something that Mike Norvell and the staff are looking at to find, find some answers in some certain areas of offensive line? Is it battles in the defensive back room? Because it seemed like Norvell and the, the staff said this is a really huge week. It is. You know, you're going through this many practices and then you got a scrimmage coming. You're going to Jacksonville. You've got a scrimmage coming back in Doak. This is a really big, big next seven days for FSU. Yeah, I would start off maybe on offense, looking at the offensive line, figuring out exactly how that rotation is going to work from top to bottom. Who's going to be that starting five? We, we've talked about it a ton of times at Atkins. There's a lot of guys to work with. There's guys who play tackle, who can play guard. There's guys who play guard, who can play tackle. You've got guys who can go down to center if needed. So there's a lot for Atkins to kind of figure out to piece that right starting five together and then to also have a, a capable rotation ready to go behind them interested to see what happens there we've talked about the tight end room so many times and brian courtney mark marquiston douglas biscuit they've they've both been impressive to start the week interested to see how that all works itself out behind cameron mcdonald and then switching over to the defensive side i would have to say figuring out the defensive backfield rotation behind the guys who you're already comfortable with you know jamie robinson Akeem Dent, Kevin Knowles, Moran Cooper, who is going to make major impacts behind those guys in the defensive backfield, as well as figuring out where everyone fits at defensive end. So there's definitely a lot to piece together over these next nine practices before you get to a game week. But that's that's the excitement of it. Yeah, that is the excitement of fall camp. Probably for me, D. Lou, it's going to be that wide receiver room. It's it's everywhere for me right now. It, it, it really is. I kind of had a like a few names that I was like, all right, that's your first team there. But yeah, right now I can really only solidify really one person and they're doing a really good job of being able to give opportunities to guys switching for first team, second team right now. I, I'm like, I'm like a meme or something. I have no idea what's happening there outside of maybe Malik McLean because guys have flashed left and right in that room. And that's exactly like you said, in fall camp, that's what you want to see. You want to see this wide receiver. Wide receiver room revamped and the competitive battles going on. And we are in full steam ahead right now. That train is working. And right now, I got to say, I, I put this on one of like the docket question here. Like, what, what's your wide receiver, you know, room looking like going into week zero? Because out of sight of Malik McLean, 
I, I, I just don't know. And it's hard to really evaluate. We're not even going out, you know, Norvell's already tricking us enough because guys, like I said, are being rotated first team, second team. We don't have a true sense of who's really first team. So this is tr- actually going off of our own head. I, I, I don't know who you're putting there because you got emergence of Deuce Span. What the heck is going on there? You got Johnny Wilson, who, who's having a, uh, another great stride and another camp like he had in spring camp. And then Pokey Wilson and a veteran doing his thing. Got Ja'Kai Douglas, which I think a lot of us forget about, but was a lethal threat for Florida State last season and explosive plays. Who, What is that wide receiver starting unit? And I don't think it matters too much because there's going to be a lot of rotating this upcoming season. But if we had to pick right now, halfway through the camp, who was that starting wide receiver unit? <laughs> <laughs> this is the hardest question that I really wasn't expecting to go through, but it is really hard right now. As you said, I think McLean has his role locked down. And then if, if we're just talking about week zero, maybe FSU rolls with some experience and Ontario Wilson and Ja'Kai Douglas, while they continue to figure out what Johnny Wilson, Deucepan, Micah Pittman are going to be able to provide in a game situation rather than just a practice. So maybe go with some guys who have been here for a couple years, they know the playbook, and then you're also acclimating those other guys in throughout the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like your your two picks, your first ones with McLean and Pokey. Uh, I'm interested to see where they're going to use Douglas. Uh, right. It's going to be hard to keep – it's going to be hard to keep Mike off. Or, I don't want to say Mike, but really Johnny Wilson. I think it's going to be tough to keep him off the field uh, if, you're, if, you're, is he, if he's in your starting unit. Um, I do think they'll go veterans quite heavily because, I mean, uh, I mean, to be can't get over it. You know, Pokey's had a great camp and Malik McLean has too. That's nice. You can rely on them. But Johnny Wilson has been a quarterback favorite. You know, he, he's definitely a guy that the quarterback's like going to just because of his range. And I can see where they throw him in there and, and start acclimating a lot more gameplay before you go and face LSU, get Johnny Wilson in there to start building up that that consistency of catching it, get rid of that rust, get that, get that whole crap out of the way. You just get it, get it away. It's like a virus. Get that crap away from me. Start building that consistency of catching the ball and bringing it down for Johnny Wilson. So I, I think he, he could be three. I don't know. It's just such a, I'm glad I brought it up and I won't even give a damn answer, but uh, I think those, <laughs> those are my three right now, just coming into the middle of camp. They're, it's hard to you got two really tall guys on each side, and it just depends on what package they're going to use. But I got McLean, Pokey, and Johnny Wilson right now for me. Just Johnny Wilson has just been too damn impressive and consistent so far in the last week or so of camp. Um, you know, after that slow start earlier, you got to keep it up. We'll see how these final nine practices go for all six of those guys. Yep, yep. So that ends off the rest of the scrimmage stuff and the fall camp observations from the last couple of practices. Um, We'll talk Jacksonville trip here and the second scrimmage in just a few, but let's jump into some recruiting real quick. Let's nail these and run through these real quick. Florida state landed. And what, what happened here, man, I'm over here down in Tampa and Florida state lands running back Samuel Singleton, a really talented running back, big time Florida state target out of nowhere. Kind of commits kind to of. FSU, like full-on out-of-nowhere commits to Florida State, uh, ranked as a number 33 prospect according to 247 Sports. 
Coach David Johnson gets one here, a really talented back that we were keeping a close eye on after his last visit to Florida State. Yeah, like like you said, I was out at dinner on Friday, and <laughs> for whatever reason, whenever I decide to go to the gym or go out to dinner or, man, go out to lunch, go for a nice little walk with my dog, that's whenever news happens, uh, apparently. But this was a this is a big one for Florida State, obviously, after missing out on their – top target at the running back position, Dalen Smothers, who chose Oklahoma over the Seminoles to get another guy in Singleton, who the staff is really high on, I think is huge. Um, this one, it, it kind of felt a little bit obvious. Maybe like last week we talked about 2024 defensive back C.J. Hurd committing to Florida State. That one felt like it was going to come. I would say it was a similar feeling with Singleton ever since his official visit in June. Coming out of that trip, it was obvious that he was very high on the Seminoles. He likes what Coach Norvell and Coach Johnson do with running backs. They've compared them to former Memphis star and NFL running back Tony Pollard. So I think that's an interesting comparison. And then also his family was with him on his, on the official visit. They loved it. And he said in interviews after that his mom was pushing for him to commit to Florida State. Went ahead and checked out Penn State one last time before uh, deciding to commit to the Seminoles. I think he just wanted to be – sure with his decision and now you get to keep one of the best running backs in in florida in the 2023 class home in tallahassee guy with track speed really explosive running back another exciting addition for that backfield yeah very nice pickup like you said you're at dinner uh i was probably not in the right mind to be doing anything on a phone anyways so uh I was down there in Tampa for Florida State or Florida State. Like you said, I'm, I'm all over the place right now, but down there in Tampa for Tampa Bay's training camp down there with Tom Brady. So I uh, wasn't really expecting that one to come out, but that was a really nice pickup. I like Singleton. I think he'll fit really well in what Florida State and Michael Bell does on that offense. That's a, that's a, that's a solid pickup there. And Florida State fans should be really happy about that one. Uh, there's also one that who we think, or was pretty positive going in Florida State's direction here. Defensive back Kentron, uh, Kenton, I think Kentron Kirkland. Just, just say KJ. Jesus. Now say KJ. <laughs> uh, KJ, uh, KJ Kirkland sets his commitment date for August 15th. That's on your birthday, D Lou. That's on your birthday. Are you going to get a nice Florida State commitment or what? To be determined. Uh, we, we talked about it last week. Um, coming out of the visit, out of his recent unofficial visit for the Seminole Showcase, Kirkland named Florida State his leader with Kentucky as a close second. And then I think late last week or maybe over the weekend, it kind of seemed like things were beginning to trend towards the Wildcats whenever KJ put out that he'd be making a commitment on August 15th. But I don't think Florida State is completely out of the running just yet with uh, some people I've talked to. So we'll see if the Seminoles are able to turn the tide and land Kirkland before August 15th. He would obviously be a very nice addition. We've talked about him on here some, a, a long and lengthy defensive back who fits the scheme and the mold uh, of the guys that Florida State likes to bring in and, and plug and play in that defensive backfield. And it would be nice to add him along, Jabril Rawls and Quindar Quindarius Jones in that defensive backfield in the 2023 class for Florida State as well. So we'll see what happens over the next week. Yep, we'll have full coverage on that commitment, so make sure you guys stay tuned to NoGamity.com. Dustin doing a great job there on the recruiting trail with some coverage for you guys. This is a big one, and I kind of got some scoop here. Dilo, I'm not trying to take your spot here, but got some good scoop 
a little bit here on Hakeem Williams. He just put out his top six, was kind of expecting this to happen pretty soon. He's also making this go into a little bit of the season with this date. He's got his top six out with Florida State, Miami, Alabama, Texas A&M, and Pittsburgh. Just recently had, what, a four-day visit to Tallahassee. We got to see him at a few of the practices visiting. Had a nice interview afterwards, too. Seemed like he really enjoyed it. And, and just to start off, I feel like Florida State has always had a really good relationship here with Williams. He sets that commitment date, I believe, for September 23rd. Is that correct, D. Lou? I don't have it on the docket. That's correct. Okay, September 23rd. Um, you know, I, I talked with a source after the scrimmage, asked about Hakeem Williams' visit, and that relationship between him and Omar Graham Jr., that that's obviously really close. That's that's nice, but it's going to come down to wins, um, and it's going to come down to improvement on the field. You're putting this commitment date a good little bit into the season. That allows you to start off the season. If you can, that can put you in a nice spot to where you can start off 3-0, 4-0, you beat LSU. That really puts you in a pretty good spot, I think, for Williams. For what I was told, he, he's keeping a close eye on that. There's a reason why not only just Florida State, there's some other schools too where he wants to see maybe an improvement. I mean, he's got Miami in there, you know, Pittsburgh. I don't think they're going to have such of a great season like they did last year after you lose Kenny Pickett. And you got your top wide receiver guy, your dog going over there to USC. It's I don't think it's going to be as great as I think some people are projecting Pittsburgh to be. But I think he's also keeping an eye on Pittsburgh and how they do. But I was specifically told Florida State, it's going to come down to seeing improvement on the field and seeing answers and and honestly wins for, for Williams. When you're at that high caliber of a tar, uh, talent and definitely in that wide receiver room, that's going to play a factor. And it's also going to come down to you know the quarterback situation. But the, Florida State's on a good side here, in, in my opinion, D. Lou. And maybe not your, not your leading guy, but he's in a – Florida State's in a good spot. They're in the competition to, to land Williams. It's not a surprise. It's kind of the same story with uh, the majority of top prospects that have considered Florida State in recent history. You know, what are they going to do on the football field? Are they going to show enough improvement for me to feel comfortable spending my future there? And that's something that Hakeem is going to have to figure out over the first couple weeks of that college football season. But Florida State, they have put themselves in a pretty good spot, like you said, Logan, to land Williams when it's all said and done coming off a, a huge multi-day unofficial visit where he got to watch FSU practice, got to attend the Seminole Showcase, spent a ton of time around the coaching staff, the off-field staff, really just getting acclimated to Florida State and Tallahassee. So we'll see if they're able to get him on campus one more time before his decision in September. But regardless, Hakeem has scheduled an official visit to FSU in November, uh, the weekend that the Florida Gators come to town and I believe that he intends to take that visit regardless of where he makes a commitment to in September. So even if FSU doesn't win in September, they're still going to be able to put a foot in the door before the early before early signing day and the early signing period and we'll see what they're able to do with this recruitment. Obviously Williams, your top remaining wide receiver target on the board and it would it would be outstanding for them to add him to that 2023 class. Mhm. Uh, I know there's a question here, too, about questions and answering them. We, we're going through the recruiting part of this. There's a lot of questions about the current state of the football team right now. So we're going through. let us go through this segment, Elise, and then we'll go through – we'll jump through some quick – We also we also can't answer every question that comes through the chat, whether injuries, yeah. depth chart. We're, we're not at liberty to 
answer every single question. So I apologize for letting you down. <laughs> yeah, some of these we we specifically cannot answer, but we'll go through some of these. I just want to stay on one quick topic because it's going to start getting confu- confused. We talk Bless Harris, and we're talking Hakeem Williams. We're just going to be all over the place. So don't worry, we'll go through a lot of those questions here in a second. Let's finish it off real quick. The SI99 is out. Uh, Sports Illustrated's recruiting rankings. Only keep it at the top 99 there. But Lucas Simmons, as we know, highly regarded offensive offensive tackle that Coach Atkins and Florida State brought in not too long ago. And along with Rod Derrick, uh, Big Rod, Big Rod, Rod Derrick Kearney are listed into that SI 99, getting some um, high praise from the recruiting rankings here with our friends at, at Sports Illustrated. I, I love Big Rod. I haven't been able to see a lot of Simmons in person. You have D-Lou, but the future is extraordinary. I mean, what I what do I see right now already on Florida State's offensive line and the the freshman unit that I don't know they they've, they've come in with a really good presence, but just to imagine that you've also got Lucas Simmons and Big Rod coming in, and you might have a couple more behind that before it's all said and done. There's a lot to like. There's a lot to like. I'm, I'm already I'm already trying to. You know, I was with my dad last night having dinner and was just telling them, you know, it, it's been a long while before I've been able to say at practices, these, this is, these are some big guys. And a lot of those big guys are the freshmen. I mean, seeing Quashon Sapp in person like that and the size, Woody, I'll just keep on naming guys, but there's a lot. Like, we've already talked about Armella, but this is the future of Florida State as offense as a whole, but definitely in that offensive line room. And what Coach Atkins has been able to do is impressive. And just to think that you can add on a few more of these top-tier recruits, you love it. You love it if you're an FSU fan. It's going to be fun if they can keep him around. <laughs> yeah, if they can keep Coach Atkins. Give him a raise. Yes. <laughs> Another raise. Yeah, I think they're going to have to go all in on Atkins to try to keep him. I don't know what, what Alfred can do and – Maybe they can make him a head coach on like Tuesday and Thursday or something. <laughs> yeah, co-head co- co-head coach. Can we make that the first thing? Uh, make history here. Um, Mike might not be opposed. Yep. Let's. Uh, let, I mean, there's there's always going to be questions, and I understand it from Florida State fans, and uh, you know we get to be there and see this. You know, the only thing that we can report on is you know what we see. Winston coming into practice, he's fully engaged. Delu, he's. Um, fully dressed. He's coming in. He's being around the practice, but not more that we can we can go into right now. So we're we're hoping that Winston Wright can continue that rehab process and and can be a factor in Florida State's offense this upcoming season. But like with the emergence of Deuce Span like that, that that, that that's something. It was like Winston Wright, Johnny Wilson, Michael Pillman. Deuce was like thrown outside of that. You know, we didn't mm-hmm. talk much about that, but now Deuce Span is almost thrown to the front of that. But now you don't have Winston Wright, so either way, you do like the exchange that you're having there. If you while you can, you kind of said it all. He has returned. He's caught some kickoffs, right? Or I don't think so. I don't think he. I don't think so. I know that was um, our friend, our friend Ben Myerson from Tomahawk Nation. He lied. He he might have been liar, Ben. We have to call him out on that. But no. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I I don't know. But he. I know he's been full full-on engaged uh, in these practices. And it's really good to see him dress coming in. Um, and he's been communicating a lot with the wide receiver room too. So, I mean, after that, though, we, we can't comment anything. You know, that's yeah. against the rules. I, I think 
you know, Norvell did say that they're happy with where he's at in that rehab process. And, you know, it, it has only been four months or so since that car accident. So it's just good to see him making any progress, let alone being back out there on the football field. Yep, exactly. There's a question here from Island Boy talking about Aaron Hester. Any news on Hester? How's he doing? Uh, for Hester, you know, that's still a guy that's developing and I think still trying to figure out. I think Florida State's defense is trying to figure out where he fits best. I still think he's uh, a defensive end at heart, but I could even see him move around at linebacker uh, potentially. I don't know. He's kind of a hybrid right there. Uh, trying to figure out where he wants to be. He's not like an Amari Gainer. He's more of a more built set body type wise, but you could see his strength today. He had a really, really solid rep, pushing back on the offensive lineman, but still true freshman. I'm not expecting a lot from Hester this upcoming season, but uh, you really like the, the stature and the physical attributes out of him. Uh, let's see if there's anything else in here that we missed while we were going through, while we were going through some of the uh, recruiting Jay's in here asking, how is Florida state? How are we going to beat LSU? He's asking right here, Dustin, can you give us the full-on game plan on how Florida State is going to take care of LSU and New Orleans, which we'll be in attendance for in a few weeks? Yeah, you know, over the last 11 practices, Florida State, they figured out if they score more points in LSU, they will win the football game. And I find it an interesting strategy. We'll see if it works out for them. Yeah, we'll be doing – so first, at least get let us get into Duquesne, Jay, but we'll be doing a full-on hands-on. Sorry, was that too sarcastic? No, it might have been too sarcastic. It might have okay. been too sarcastic, d Lou, but I'll give a nice one to represent here, the spear here at nolgameday.com. Whenever we go into preview in LSU, I think we're going to be able to grab on one of our friends on the SI network and help us preview LSU because they are going to do a good job of detailing us on what to look out for whenever we get ready for Florida State and Mike Norvell to take on LSU in week one. So make sure you guys, like I said, if you're on Facebook or on YouTube, make sure you like it or, or subscribe. So then you get notified whenever we're going live with a lot of this, because we got a lot of games to preview. And I got to say, I, I do love previewing games. We're going to try to do a good job of bringing on some guests to give y'all a better outlook on what the opponents look like every week. So keep an eye out for that. Um, there's a lot of question here. There's one more we'll run through before we get in the rest of this and end this off. Uh, Cooper's asking, do you think Leonard Warner will contribute a lot this season? Dealey, you've kind of kept an eye on him a little bit throughout fall camp. What are your thoughts on this? I'm not seeing much of – yeah, I think he's going to get in there, but what are, what are your thoughts, Dealey? You've seen him maybe a little bit more. I think he'll factor into the equation. He's not your – you're starting defensive end, but yeah. he's someone that can get involved in that rotation, you know, along with Jared Verse, McClendon, Pat Payton, Dennis Briggs, guy who's played a lot of football, um, like Ontario Wilson at wide receiver, you know, low, low ceiling, high floor type of guy. You kind of know what you're you're gonna get. He's not gonna go out there and be wide eyed um, when you ask him to go play in one of these big games. So, you know what you get from a, a six year senior. He's working his way back from that injury that kept him out all of 2021. And like I said, I don't think he's playing a major role. He's not a starter, but he'll soak up some snaps. Yep. Uh, Florida State is going to be heading to Jacksonville um, after practice uh, tomorrow. Actually, um, they're going to be they're going to be practicing on Thursday morning and Friday morning. 
both Dustin and I will be in attendance for that. So we'll be giving you full coverage. If you guys haven't yet, and then we got a lot of people on YouTube, our Twitters are right below here. So if you do have a Twitter account, I highly, highly, if you haven't yet, highly suggest you following us here. Uh, go ahead, either do it after the show tonight or do it now, but I highly suggest following over here, Logan's Twitty and then Dustin over there with his at because we're going to be over there in Jacksonville in attendance. Either way, I highly suggest following because we're giving out a lot of content. Dustin, you threw out a lot of videos today. I'm always trying to throw out a photo or video for you guys to give you an outlook on how practice looked for the day. But I highly suggest following our Twitters at Logan's Twitty and then at Dustin, two S's, two T's and <laughs> there for our audio people because I got to remember a lot of y'all listen on audio. So I highly suggest following us on there. Also, the ads are down in the description below but we'll be in jacksonville d lou minerville told us that he's looking for it to be very hot and you know they didn't really go and they haven't gone in the ipf this week only for warm-ups and the first couple periods and then for the rest it's been all outside mike Norvell making it known that it is going to be hot in jacksonville and that's exactly how he wants it he wants guys to have to go through some stuff and i'm expecting it to be a hot next couple of practices uh, i'm excited for him I, I wouldn't be shocked to see a couple of the former Knowles there in attendance maybe james coleman could see lonnie Pryor over there also uh you know maybe a few other Knowles too so i'm uh, looking forward to being over there in jacksonville with you d lou even though we're going out of town and we have separate hotel rooms we're still once again uh together can't get enough of one another yeah you maybe forgot what i was gonna say with that but Norvell switching it up a little bit. Uh, he likes to make these guys uncomfortable, like you talked about. He wants it to be hot. He wants it to be humid out there. He wants guys to battle and, and struggle um, with the elements as well as with the practice. Now you get a chance to go from somewhere that you're used to. You know, you're familiar with the practice fields in Tallahassee. You're familiar with Doak Campbell Stadium. Now you're going to a completely new spot. It's only Jacksonville, but. You know, mm-hmm. have, I don't know if any of these guys have ever been to UNF. I would say probably 99% probably never have. So you're going into a new situation, a new environment. You're going to be staying in a new place. You're not at home. You're not around your friends back at Florida State. Just get these guys uncomfortable, kind of like almost a road game atmosphere um, a little bit. And then I think it will help with the staff as well, just making sure – Whenever we do go, well, whenever FSU goes away from Tallahassee to one of these road games at Louisville or you know to New Orleans in a couple weeks, a month or so, make sure that the assistants are all prepared as well and have everything that they need to have. Yeah, I think that's a great point, D. Lou. You know, getting kind of prepped for an away game type scenario, and uh, I think the main point too is you know Minerval wants to get these guys into into a little bit of heat. And overall, I will say, I know there were some questions in the Discord uh, asking in some of our reports, we need to get some hydration updates or something on conditioning. I will say, I've seen these guys a lot better prep than I saw, at least from in the spring. These guys have came in prepared. Some guys, yes, they're doing a really good job of taking advantage of the big time truck-like, what are those, what are those big old containers that you would see on back of ships there where it's down to 17 degrees um from what i was told 17 degrees allows for the body to just really chill out to be honest and you're able to throw in probably (laughs) like 20 yeah like 25 players in each 
uh, one of those containers and it's helped. But you're, I don't think you're gonna. I don't think they're gonna be bringing that with they're not, them. They're not lugging those to Jacksonville. I don't think. Yeah, they're not gonna be bringing those, and I think Minervell. Uh, I don't think there's an IPF over there either. From no. what I was told, that there there is a field on campus that Florida State will be using. They're not going to be practicing at UNF Stadium or anything. There's a field on campus somewhere that will be utilized for practice. And I asked the person I was talking to, I was like, is it painted? And they said, it will be. I don't know that it is right now. <laughs> it's going to be interesting out there. I'm glad that, that was your first question. Is it painted? I need well, to I was like, is, I was, is there going to be lines on the – when he – I was like, is there going to be lines on the field? Yes, I, I hope there I are lines. I wasn't sure what we were getting into. The, okay. Yeah, I, I kind of already have the feeling of what we're going to. I'm getting I'm, you know, the, the suntan lotion. Dustin, please bring that. You're going to need that um, in, a, in a major way. Because looking at some of the videos last year, it does look like just an open field, just full on, no cover. Just doesn't look like it's going to be too much fun. So this doesn't seem like also the players, too, are going to be too excited for uh, heading over there. But you never know. Uh, I think Jared Verse will, no matter what. Uh, he'll be excited to get over there to practice. So, And that's what I say. You have guys like that that are just ready to go at all times. And I think a lot of guys, too, buying off of Mike Norvell's energy, which he's – Mike Norvell is always the number one person with the energy. I forgot to talk about this earlier. Odell Hagan's. I feel like with Minervell, and this is just a quick thing here, but I really do think with Minervell, and like just like I was saying, the energy that he brings and that young energy, I do feel like Odell Hagens is almost re-energized, man. I don't know if you see in practices, but he and Norvell are probably your most energetic, full-on, hands-on guys that you'll see on a practice field. And it's just good to see Odell. It just seems like he's full force. And I know there's always talks about him retiring and such, but I just out of these practices, I don't see that happening anytime soon. And just the way that he's able to – that he this unit that he's bringing in, this unit that, he, that he's going to put out into the league after this year and what he's doing on the trail, bringing in this talent and developing Bishop Thomas, uh, Daniel, Daniel Lyons, and then Ayobame Tafasi that he'll have next year. I, I, I don't see Odell Hagan's just right now. I mean, I'm sure I'll be, you know, this, you can quote me on it whenever he retires after this year. But right now, just off of what I feel like, he's not going anywhere anytime soon. And I love that. Odell Hagan's, when you think of Florida State, Odell Hagan's is one of those top guys that, and top former players, coaches, and just represents Florida State very well. Went into and be multiple interim head coach positions when they needed him and came away with wins. You know, I I just think Odell Higgins isn't done. Um, I think he's done soon, but not crazy soon. Turning back uh, the clock a little bit, for sure. And I think it just comes with his confidence in that position group. He sees from top to bottom. He's got guys that can go out there and produce. And I think that confidence is being exuded from a lot of members on the coaching staff. You look over at Ron Dugans, I think he's as energetic as as well as I've seen him in a couple years. And I think he looks at that group that he has. He sees six, seven, eight guys that can play at receiver. And he's like, man, this is fun again. There's actually some guys out there that can go out there and make some plays. Same thing with some other coaches on the staff, like, like Coach Woodson. Whenever these guys talk about their specific position groups and 
you know, the, the veterans, the young guys, there's a lot of confidence being exuded uh, across the board, I feel like, from Florida State. They're quietly confident about what's coming uh, this fall, and we'll see if they're able to put it all together. One last thing before we head out uh, for the week to end off the show, Florida State will have its second scrimmage, second and final of fall camp this upcoming Saturday. Hopefully, weather, eh, you know, depending on weather, it will happen inside Doe Campbell Stadium. But either way, they're going to run a scrimmage. Florida State getting prepared for this upcoming season. A lot of missed tackles in this first scrimmage. What are you thinking that this staff is, is wanting to see? Because this is where you're starting to figure out this true depth chart. There were some guys limited in that first scrimmage. This is a big-time week for a lot of guys. And – just off the bat for me, I got to be honest with you, dealer. I think it's going to come down to that offensive line. And I think they know with a few guys who they, who they already have, and that's why they're limiting a few of them. And it's allowing some of the younger guys and newcomers, but really some of the second year, third year guys to jump in there and get some reps. I want to see how that offensive line looks like again. And this scrimmage going into here, because we saw that the running back room looked excellent. And the reason that running back room looks so good is because there had to been some good blocking there on that front line. And, uh, and that's a really good sign, too, if, like Norvell mentioned to us, because some things we can't say just because of depth charts and whatnot, but for Norvell to really come out to us and say, hey, some of the newcomers uh, were able to open up some holes here for that running back room and make it look excellent during that first scrimmage, that it's got to make you feel good about at least how that depth is looking for the offensive line. What do you think that the staff is looking for in the second scrimmage? You know, maybe what do you personally uh, think about this? Because this is going to be the final one before you strap up against uh, Duquesne in Week Zero. What, what are your thoughts, Dilo? I think it's it's really just solidifying that two deep across the board at, at every position on the roster. You know, there there's guys at every spot who we've talked about during the previews or guys that impressed during practice. There's guys at every position on the roster who have a role carved out but who behind them is going to step up? And like, like I was saying earlier, you know, who's going to step up behind those four guys in the defensive backfield? Who's going to step up on uh, the, def- the defensive ends, the tight ends? There's a lot of things to watch, and there's still some question marks about how this roster exactly is going to come together by the time week zero rolls around. And you're going to figure a lot of it out over these next couple of practices leading up to scrimmage number two. Thorne getting a question in here real quick before we bounce off. Do we think Mike Norvell's offense will still be run heavy or will we air it out a lot more with these new wide receivers coming into play now for Florida State? And I think that's a fair question from from Thorne here. I I think still it's going to stay heavy with with the run game there uh, just because of what we've heard from the first scrimmage and then what we've seen through fall camp. The, The running back room, there's just a ton to like. I mean, we headed into this fall camp expecting for this to be a position group that you could rely on, D'Lu, with a lot of talent everywhere. Do you agree with me here? I, I think Minervell and Coach Atkins are going to stay there heavy, definitely, if they're able to find some good run game offensive linemen that can make some holes for some guys like we saw today. Yeah, I think the offense will definitely favor the run, but we'll see a little bit more balance uh, with the passing game compared to maybe 2020 and, and 2021 because they've got to have some confidence there with, with what they've been developing as of late in these last couple of practices, um, especially you know with Jordan Travis and the pro- progressions that he's made as a quarterback, they they're legitimate. But at the same time, 
that running game, it's got a chance to be lethal. Um, Treshawn Ward, we all saw what he did last year. Lawrence Toa Philly, perfect gadget guy. And then Trey Benson might end up being one of the uh, surprises of college football. We'll see how it all works itself out. Don't forget Jordan um, Travis too. Sorry, don't forget Jordan Travis too because he's he's added dude, some weight, but he's still making it work with his legs. I'll tell you, dude. Monday, I I, I tapped yeah. you. I was like, damn, she. I mean, god dang. I mean, we haven't seen like a full. Uh, I mean, that was definitely full uh, force Jordan Travis there. Yeah, but when it comes down to game type situations, that's whenever he's the fastest and. We've been hearing things out of uh, a lot of these defend the defensive players and the scrimmages during the spring that Jordan Travis is kind of maybe got another gear on him, and that was that's that's really scary to hear of because what we saw last season, what he can hit, he can hit, and he's one of the fastest on the teams, and you can't you can't ever you can't ever miss out on Jordan Travis and what he takes in that run game there. You know, I know they're not going to want to utilize him a ton for that, keep him healthy, but still. If you can have something planned up uh, for him uh, to utilize his, his his legs, he's one of the best at doing so in his vision too. So um, Jordan Travis can't forget about him. Tom Tom here on Facebook is asking any plans for a meet and greet this upcoming season. So I, I'm currently in the talks and figuring out something here at LSU at a bar there, uh, talking with uh, a couple locals there and figuring out a good spot for maybe you know definitely. Are me, Austin, and Elu. We're going to be in attendance there, but also having a lot of people from the Discord. And definitely, if you're a, a listener of the show, would absolutely love to meet you. We've been able to meet a good bit about a good bit of y'all last year. Got to meet y'all before one of the spring games. To Austin, Austin. I know he hasn't been on here, but he'll be with us next week. Just busy right now. Uh, but got to meet y'all uh, here in Tallahassee, and then I see y'all always at basketball games. I've seen you guys before games. All four rivers yeah restaurants four rivers seeing you guys everywhere so we are going to do a meeting we're going to try to do some kind of mean greet definitely at lsu but then we'll do one later in the season at fsu if you're not able to make it there in new orleans so we're going to plan something out it's just kind of tough with us sometimes because if we're doing something before the game we're at tailgating or such we got to head up to the press box and I like having a good time and drinking, so I got to find that medium there where I got to have at least an hour of no drinking before ending there. So it's a tough, tough one, but we definitely want to meet all of y'all. Y'all have been really awesome this offseason, helping support us and here engaging and liking the videos and just literally just watching uh, just makes our day. So this is awesome. Appreciate you guys a ton. So we'll, we'll set something up for New Orleans. We should have some information on that in a couple weeks. So, uh, Hope so. That's when they I hope out. so. I was about to say in a couple weeks, I better have some friggin' <laughs> info. Hopefully by next week. Next week, I'll make it a goal to give you guys an update on where we can meet up. Definitely New Orleans, and then we'll p- figure out a date for a game here in Tallahassee. But I'm excited to uh, meet some of y'all too. And definitely, if you do see us too, when we're jumping around, definitely when we get back in the Tallahassee and games going on, um, Duquesne or you know whenever the season's going, come up and say hey. Don't be shy. We love having conversations with you, and you know y'all. Y'all make this happen. It's really, we really do appreciate when we get off of here, you know, we are sometimes shocked. I I get shocked that y'all listen this much to us. So uh, just trying to give you guys some good coverage as we prepare for a big time season ahead for Florida state and Mike Norvell. 
Big time season. Second scrimmage on Saturday. We'll be in Jacksonville tomorrow night, and then we'll have practice coverage on Thursday morning and Friday morning. Make sure you're following these Twitters down below. And as usual, if you can, before you leave, I know we got over 100 people on YouTube still. Hit that like button. It's free. It's quick and easy. It just helps it go out to more FSU fans, which a lot of y'all are veterans here. We'd love to bring in some new people, too, and create some really good discussions in the chat. So hit the like button wherever you're at. Hit the subscribe button. Hit that bell too if you're on youtube because we're going to start throwing out a lot of content right now it's just me and dustin at practices we're trying our, our hardest to get out as much content i think we're really starting to get to the point where we're we're getting a little little whooped but we're gonna have some help here in about a week or so so look for a lot more content coming on the youtube scene of things so we're gonna try to amp that up a little bit for you guys give you the best coverage as possible at nolgamey.com thank you guys have a great rest of y'all's week and we will talk to you guys from Duval and our coverage there tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow, going into Thursday and Friday. So, appreciate you guys. And, uh, adios.